Welcome to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. This week marks the beginning of Advent, and Pastor Ben Pitney will be speaking about hope with a message titled, Christ Was Revealed So We Could Have Hope. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 17-21. through 21. At Vail Christian Church, we believe in training followers of Christ to worship, gather, give, and serve. You know, um, sometimes when you approach, by the time you get to Christmas like this and this season, it just, it's sort of, um, it becomes stressful. Uh, you know, it's, isn't it kind of crazy how that works, how uh, life begins to just, I don't know, Christmas isn't as magical and as fun and as great as it used to be. Sometimes kids keep us really focused on some great things, but Christmas can be a little bit of a, um, ah, we're just doing this again. And, you know, I, the, I, I think that the thing that I talked about earlier, pandemic fatigue, I really believe it's real. And it's kind of making us all tired of a lot of things. And, and um, I believe it also exacerbates issues that are happening. And sometimes, you know, I, I feel feel like it robs joy of, it's robbing joy in real life and things. And so I think it's good to be reminded about what's really good and true. And Advent is, um, Advent helps us do that, helps us look back at the past and then the present and the future all at the same time in expectation of some things. And Christmas is about that. And it's really should be focused on Jesus, and so we wanted this Advent season and this series on Sunday morning in particular to be focused on rediscovering Christmas and to be reminded about some things that are true about Christmas because we can get really sidetracked really easily. And um, in particular, today we're going to talk about hope and rediscover real hope, and I love talking about hope because I think... The world we live in really needs it, and I think we need to be reminded of hope, biblical hope, not cross your fingers kind of hope, but real true hope and what that's all about. So turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to look at just a few verses, starting in verse 17. You'll need to turn there on your own or get your phone out in your Bible app or your tablet. And let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. And start at verse 17. Peter has really good, truthful things that will remind us and help us rediscover, I think, hope and hope at this season. <clears throat> Starting in verse 17, he says, And if you address as father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work. So in other words, if you're calling God father, if you're... Addressing God as Father, then, he says, live out the time of your temporary re residence here in reverence. So if you're addressing God as Father, then you believe that God is the Father. You believe that he is Lord God. And there are things then that you need to be reminded of and understand 
She's already going to this place regarding Jesus. Then you understand Jesus. Your life belongs to him. He's master. He's Lord. All right. Then you know that this isn't your home. I just want to remind you of that. This isn't your home. It's temporary. It's a temporary residence. Your home is with him in heaven. All right. So that's the first verse. Verse 17 says, live out this time that's temporary here in reverence or fear. In in other words, a healthy fear of actually who God is. And then he says in verse 18, you know that from, you know that from your empty way of life inherited from your ancestors, you were ransomed not by perishable things like silver or gold, but by precious blood, valuable blood, like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb, namely Christ. That's Jesus, right? Verse 20, he was foreknown, it's really important, foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was manifested or revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you now trust in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. So there's so many great truths and promises and facts about hope and about God and about Jesus right there. And we're going to look at them. I want you to first just look at verses 20 and 21. So you got to focus on those just for a minute. You got to see for yourself so look in your own Bible, your own phone or tablet, like I said. Because verses 20 and 21 are a continuation of the sentence in verse 17 through 19. It's one big sentence right there. In verses 20 and 21, where we're going to focus, are a continuation of that. In verse 17, in the second half of verse 17, there's a command. And the command says that we should live out the time of your temporary residence here in the now in reverence. And then verse 18 and 19 give kind of a strange reason when you think about it. A strange reason reason as to why we should live in reverence. Why should we do this? Because we've been ransomed, we've been purchased by precious blood, like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb, you know, a perfect lamb, a pure lamb, namely, and he says, Christ, namely Jesus. Now, in verse 19, right? This is what it would be like. What's he saying already? Let me kind of illustrate. It would be like a loved one in your family who is kidnapped, okay? Kidnapped. And the kidnappers demand a huge ransom. So what do you do? You go and you liquidate all your assets. You sell your house. You get rid of everything. You turn it into cash. You, I mean, it, you know, you can't sell your house just like that. But you, you, get, you, you just liquidate everything you possibly can. It's like, honey, give me your wedding ring. Take it down to the pawn shop. Right? All your possessions... You liquidate them into cash. You bring all that you have to the appointed place that the 
kidnappers say they want to meet. You set the ransom down, and then you walk away. And then your loved one walks out, gets the ransom, and takes it back to the kidnappers. And you're watching from a distance. Your loved one put their arm around one of the kidnappers and walk away, looking over her shoulder and saying, <laughs> sucker. This is what Peter is warning us against. I mean, it's that graphic, I think. He's warning us against the danger of trying to take the ransom of God from sin, the blood of Jesus, and turn it into a way of being sinful, a way of sinning. I I get it. That's crazy. That's what he's saying. The ransom that verse 18 says was paid to free us from an empty way of life. Some people try to use it to fund that life of sin. You're like, no, 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 not me. I mean, come on, I wouldn't do that. But we do it all the time by taking matters into our own hands and saying, you know what? I know what's best. I, I, you know, do you, do you ever find yourself going, there is no way I'm going to do that because I can't see it, right? I'm not going to trust that. I want to see it. We all want to see. We all want to know. We're all upset so many times if we don't know, if we can't completely get our arms around it, we don't trust it. And so God seems to be that kind of person sometimes that's demanding that kind of thing. So the reason I say we try to use it that way is that God actually is not going to allow it. We try anyway to take matters in our own hands and do what we want to do, the way we want to do it, when we want to do it, how we want to do it, and, and, and um, we believe that those things are going to make us satisfied. We do this all the time. So the reason why I say try to use it that way is that God's not going to allow it. That's why verse 17, look at verse 17 says, live out the time of your temporary rever- uh, residence in reverence, in reverence of such a thing, Right? Don't use the ransom of God to subsidize your sinful, your sinning. And we don't like to talk about sin very often. And for crying out loud, Ben, it's, you know, now we're supposed to focus on Christmas. Why are we talking about sinning? (laughs) We really, we really need to if we're going to actually get our arms and rediscover actually hope. Because we're all sinful and we all need a savior. And the world really needs a savior, and we get distracted so often, right? So the beautiful thing about verses 18 and 19, the unexpected, amazing thing is that the reason given for why we should live in reverence is this, is the greatness of God's mercy, God's mercy, God's love, God's uh, patience with us, that such an awesome price was paid for our deliverance from feudal sinful living by the precious blood, that of an unblemished and spotless lamb, namely Christ. Now, all right, what Peter does now is he gives us six things now, six, six things to help us rediscover hope or to increase our hope. Look at verse 20 and 21. Here's where they come in. 
Verse 19 ends with the word Christ. Verse 19 ends with that last word with Christ. Now, when you go to these original languages that the Bible is written in, all right, or you use the New English translation that I teach from or the New American Standard Bible, not the New International ver uh, Version or the Revised Standard Version. There's a few other versions, all right? Verse 20 picks up without any break and tells us things about Christ that will increase our hope or raise us our awareness of hope or help us rediscover hope even higher than the ransom did in verse 18 and 19. Because in verse 18 and 19, I'm like, wow, that, that, that helps me understand hope a little bit better. So Peter tells us six things, right? Six things that in verse 20 and 21 that, that help us rediscover the value of Jesus, just how valuable he is. And he simultaneously does two things. He gives us more reason to hope in God, and he makes um, hoping in, in, in the way of sin, all right, for happiness, and thinking that doing things that, the, um, that a, lot of, a lot of us do to find satisfaction and happiness other than Jesus, it, it makes those things look and, um, and helps us know and understand they're more appalling. And we should be fearful of those things. So in other words, the more God does to make us hope in him, the more fearful it is to hope in sin. Now you have to admit that you're, we're all sinful and we all need a savior. But let's look at these six things that Peter tells us about Jesus to help us rediscover hope in God and break the power of sin. Because it's the power of sin that makes us fearful. And makes us not trust and, and, and get off track real easy. And here's number one. Christ was foreknown before the foundation of the world. That's a really important phrase in verse 20, right? In other words, God the Father knew and loved God the Son. He loved Jesus so much, the Christ, before the universe was actually created. Not just the world uh, that we live in was created. The earth and its moon in our solar system, but the universe, before the universe was created. In other words, the one who spilt his blood, shed his blood, sacrificed his precious blood to pay the ransom for our rescue from empty living, right, was no ordinary man. And the plan to pay that ransom, right, it was not an afterthought to creation. God didn't Create things and go, man, I missed this part up. I got to do this. That's not it at all. God knew Christ and God knew his plan and Christ's role in it from eternity. That's kind of staggering to me. That is what the truth is right here. When you draw this truth out of the text, that's what he's saying right here. When you think about hoping for satisfaction and happiness in, in, in what the world has to offer, in particular, and in sin, think about this. The ransom paid to rescue you from that futility was planned before the universe was created. That's staggering to me. That gives me hope. That, that reminds me, like, oh, yeah. This is what I believe in, this brilliant design that started an infinity ago. <laughs> it didn't even start. It always was and is. So, number two, Peter says in the middle of verse 20, 
that Christ, that he was manifested in these last times. This is the second one. In other words, he existed before creation in relationship with his father and and has been uh, invisible to human beings. But now, in these last times, and we live in these last times since Jesus has come. This is what he's talking about. These last times, the times of the Messiah, the times of Jesus, which we are still in, he's been revealed. He He has appeared. In order to rediscover Christmas... And what Christmas is really all about, or should be about, we have to see the eternal Christ took on flesh and blood, right, so that God could be seen. Have you thought of it that way? This is what we need to teach our children. If you have seen me, Jesus says, you have seen the Father. That's John 14, 9. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. That's what manifested in these last times means. And then here's the third one, for your sake. So Peter says at the end of verse 20 that the reason Christ was manifested or revealed or appeared in these last times was for your sake. That's personal. This should blow us away, actually. We're talking here about the infant infinitely powerful and wise and holy God of the universe and his one and only divine son, Jesus. And we're talking about their purpose from the untraceable distance of infinity and eternity to plan an unthinkable entry into creation. Why? For your sake, for our sake, for my sake, for your sake. Wow. Oh, that, that gives me hope. That, that energizes me. That we might be ransomed from an empty, sinful way of life. If that doesn't prove that God takes your behavior and your future seriously, what can? What can? That's the hope I need. I want to cling to. And the hope I think the world Needs. Number four, here it is. In the middle of verse 21, Peter says that God raised him from the dead. He probably doesn't mention the death of Jesus because that was the focus already in verse 19 when he talked about precious blood. Okay? So here Peter says that the one who gave his valuable life blood did not stay dead. Now, think this through. This is important. God raised him from the dead because people struggle with this. How could this happen? God vindicated the worth of the ransom by giving the son back his life. What this says to us is not only that the ransom is all satisfying to God, but also that death is defeated. Death is defeated. So a lot of times, sin presents itself to us by saying, my way is more hopeful or better than God's way. We get deceived into thinking that if we indulge ourselves in our way and we get to do whatever we want, it's it's better and it's more satisfying and it'll last and we can be content. But to that, I think you should reply, yeah, but what about the day after tomorrow? Just think about the day after tomorrow. If I put my hope in Jesus and not in you, 
I will live again, and, and, and I'm talking about sin. I'll live again and I'll be satisfied and happy forever. And I want the futile way of sin and life is the way we need to be thinking here. That's the meaning of Christ's resurrection for everyday life. And we have to focus on Christ's resurrection. In fact, if you go back to the New Testament church and uh, the New Testament Christ follower, they didn't focus on Christmas. That's something uh, that, that we focus on a lot more. But they focused on resurrection. Resurrection. That helps me understand the importance of rediscovering Christmas. You must, we have to go back and talk about resurrection. That's why we talk about sin and death and that death is defeated. Here's number five. Peter says next in verse 21 that God gave him glory. Look at verse 21. In other words, he didn't raise him from the dead to be a mortal. That's not why God did this, to suffer and just die again. No. He brought him into heaven... And set him at the right hand of God as Lord of the universe with all the glory that he had from eternity with the Father. So he restores the glory. Gave him glory. What this implies for our fight or our battle with the empty, futile way of sin that goes on in our life is that the way of Christ leads to glory. The way of Jesus leads to glory. The way he walked led to glory for himself. And he lives with glorious power to make sure that our following him will lead to glory as well. So we have every reason to hope in what God promises and not in what sin promises. Sin's promises are empty and they're futile. Six, and here's the last one. Through Christ we trust in God. Verse 21 again, Peter says, through him you now trust in God, right? In other words, Christ has done the necessary work to connect us with God. We were disconnected with God because of our sin. Because God is perfect and pure and holy and we're sinful, we can't be in his presence. Sin can't be in his presence. We can't allow it. So Christ has done the necessary work to connect us with God in faith. He was eternally foreknown. That blows my mind. He was manifested in human form or revealed or appeared in human form. He shed his precious blood. He was the sacrifice to make the way. God raised him from the dead, defeated death. God gave him glory through all of this. Now we come to hope in God, right? So Peter makes that explicit at the end of verse 21. All of this so that your faith and hope are in God. We've been building now. You build this whole thing. You draw all this truth out of the text. We've been building on the connection between the command to live out our time in reverence in verse 17 and the glory of Christ in verses 20 and 21. Now, just let me mention one last thing. What does this really have to do with me? What does this have to do with me? Yeah, you're talking about hope. I think I kind of understand it. Rediscovering Christmas, I get that. And rediscovering hope. What's this really got to do with me? 
This paragraph ends in verse 21 where it began in verse 13. We didn't read verse 13. Can you go to verse 13 and see what it says? It says, therefore, get your minds ready for action by being fully sober and set your hope completely on the grace that will be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. All right? So it begins in verse 13 with this hoping in God, right, by a paragraph, by commanding us, set your hope completely on the grace that will be brought to you when Jesus is revealed. In other words, hope fully in the grace of God. Verse 21 ends the paragraph by saying that God has done everything through Christ so that his people might put their faith and hope in God. He knew and he chose his son. He sent his son. He put his son to death. He raised his son from death. He gave his son son glory. Why? Why? For this reason, so you would hope in God and not in sin. So that you would trust what God can do for you rather than what you can do for yourself. So what does this have to do with me? I, I, I think we're challenged here. I want to challenge you. Wake up, number one, to the futility and the emptiness of hoping in sin over God. It's ridiculous. If, there, if Christmas should do anything, it should make you realize how empty it is without Jesus. It's not really anything. You're celebrating what without Jesus? The wages of sin is death. The free gift of God is eternal life. If you put your hope for satisfaction and happiness in sin, you die. End. But, number two, if you put your hope and satisfaction and happiness in God, you live and you live forever. If you want to rediscover Christmas, and I hope you do, Rediscover Christmas and stop trying to satisfy your heart's desire with this world and all its emptiness and its empty, God-belittling ways and turn to Jesus, turn to Christ. And really, that leads to the last thing. Focus all your mind's attention. Your heart's affection, because this is where you have this affection in your heart. Focus your mind's attention, your heart's affection on Christ who was chosen from eternity. Can I remind you that? Chosen from this infinity of eternity. Manifested or revealed in these last times. Crucified for sinful people like you and me. Raised from the dead to defeat death. Glorified at the right hand of God. All for your sake. All that you might be satisfied in God and not satisfied in sin. That gives me hope, and I need to be reminded of that. Can I leave you with one last verse? I love this verse out of the last book of the Bible, Revelation 22, verse 17. I'll put it up this time. You ready? Here it goes. And the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, and the bride. Who's the bride? That's the church. That's Christ followers. Say, come. Come. That's what church should be saying. Come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wants it take the water of life free of charge. It's offered free. All of this is free.
all of this is free. It's just an acknowledgement, a confession. I'm sinful and I need this. I need this hope. I need this Savior. Maybe that's you today. Will you bow your head with me? Father in heaven, that's all of us. We all need this hope. Everything else is empty and futile. Sometimes we got to learn it the hard way. And even after we learn it, we got to be reminded because we take matters into our own hands. We take it back. We forget about this hope and this truth and all this promise. And we treat the ransom as a way to justify and give us permission to be sinful. And we know you're not standing for that. Help us to live differently, to focus differently on hope. The world that we live in needs this hope and this truth and these promises and this satisfaction and joy. The world needs this answer to our sin issue. Help us to rediscover this hope and to communicate it to everyone that we come in contact with. We know that's our, our mission our command and our way. Help us to live reverently in the time that we have here, the temporary time, in light of all of this. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. Join us next week as we continue in our Advent series. If you have any questions, would like more information about our church, or would like to see the video cast of this message, please visit our website at www.bailchristian.com.